1: the Who the hell are you to tell the top anything? Yeah! He is broken And that's the bottom line. i got the star of profile like never before! Woo. Total self-destruction. Hey,
2: what's up everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with... Katie Dirks. Katie Dirks. What up, my man?
3: How are you? I'm chilling.
2: That's like good. Like a
3: WWE villain.
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, we I have a lot know. to get to today. W, you do know, Katie. You do know. <laughs> that was very good. We're going to recap WWE Backlash, preview Fighter Fest. There's been a new match added to AEW's spider Fest. And, of course, talk about the surrounding stories in the pro wrestling universe. Apparently, COVID has reared its ugly head when it comes to some NXT, some... Uh, some, uh, some lesser known talent uh, apparently have been infected we're not going to go into great detail on that because we ain't freaking doctors and we're here to talk about wrestling not viruses or diseases yeah so yeah let's start with What happened this past weekend with WWE Backlash, the greatest wrestling match ever. Was it Randy Orton versus Edge? Would it be? Could it be? Did they live up to the hype? We're going to talk about that. We're going to break down all of the matches. And of course, from there, we'll jump off into tangents and things like that, because that's called doing a podcast. The huge. The huge. First things first, Katie and I, we've been texting about this for about a week now since it happened. Pegate.
3: Pigate, yes.
2: Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in one of the more shameful WWE storylines. All right, of course, Jeff Hardy. He has, he does have uh, addiction issues. He, you know, he's a bit of alcoholism and things like that. He's been working through those things for many, many years. He's got some DUIs. Anyway, Vince has him come back, and Vince says that my friend isn't real life. Let's make it a story. Here we go. It went as far as Seamus demanding that Jeff Hardy take a pee test in the middle of the ring, in the middle of the squared circle. It became a doctor's office for this segment. Seamus brought his own doctor with him, which, dare I say, looks slightly more authentic of a doctor than Donald Trump's doctor. I was going to say, he's kind
3: of a Trump doctor.
2: (laughs) But just a little bit. Yeah a little bit more prestigious Jeff Hardy goes behind a sort of a, a closed a, a closed in uh kind of a black square proceeds to theoretically take the biggest piss in the history of bladders it
3: isn't it's it's an entire gallon it was a of, gallon of <laughs> it was
2: huge it was very hydrated it is just you know it, it was no exaggeration probably. A liter and a half of piss, of fake piss. Easily. So he takes his urine. He grabs the cup. The doctor is like, "Here, here's your piss, sir. I don't know what you do with it. He grabs it, splashes it in Seamus' face. Seamus does not become aroused. No, indeed. He starts to gag. The whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. It was completely... Uh, completely uh springer-esque i'm gonna call it jerry springer light it was trash-tastic it was it was uh trailer park boys if they ran the wwe yes this storyline i have said this before and i said this uh and i'll say it again i said this last week if jeff hardy does not beat sheamus at backlash this storyline is one of the worst storylines Vince McMahon and creatives have ever come up with because it is just an extension of Jeff Hardy's actual life. It doesn't
3: make any sense.
2: The return of Jeff Hardy could have been so much better. They should have made him like... They should have gone totally opposite and made him, like, a Mormon or something. Like, the whole storyline is just like, we know, Jeff, you like to get hammered sometimes and drive. I get it. You get busted. We all love you. We feel bad for you, and we're hoping that you're recovering, and I I want your family to be fine. This storyline just doesn't work if Jeff Hardy doesn't win because the whole damn point is a redemption story, and what do you know? At Backlash, Seamus, I love him because he has red hair, but I hate him for this storyline, beats Jeff Hardy what does it all mean why did we watch someone get splashed in the face with urine why did we watch the three uh mini segments about Jeff Hardy's entire past with addiction why did we sit through this for a month and a half
3: when Jeff Hardy was just gonna get pinned clean in the ring it doesn't make any sense and and when I when we first heard about the story we we were obviously we heard about it before it aired so I was like "Mm, I feel like they've People This has gotten out To the point where like If if I'm hearing about it Through A dirt sheet And a contact Yes Like People People know Are aware That like This probably will get This is like one of the Bad ideas kill themselves This is one of the bad ideas That will probably kill itself And then When I saw it I texted you immediately And I was like Oh my god I can't believe They fucking did it That's of course And the funniest part The best part about all of this Is that I have the East Coast feed, Right, unbeknownst to me, I'm I'm on the West Coast, obviously, unbeknownst to me, the West Coast feed didn't get the piss throwing part because Fox cut it, Fox standards and practices cut it, cut to commercial instead of violated their standards and practices. Do you have any
2: idea how <laughs> bad your storyline has to be if Fox cuts it? Fox is a show that I believe they had a competition where little people pulled a truck. There was Fox is not known for being like the most high class of networks. I don't know if any network is high class, but specifically Fox, they're the the, they are the they're the network that brought us um, one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. And now, of course, I'm blanking on it. Modern, not Modern Family, but Al Bundy, of course, Al Bundy.
3: Yeah, Modern Family. No, Al. Oh,
2: married with uh, children, married with children, married with children. Come on, Katie. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's my fault entirely. Fox, the idea that Fox was like, no, this is too disgusting for our network is an indication that perhaps this storyline wasn't necessarily ready for primetime. Fox. So they are doing this on Friday. Now, Friday nights are notoriously bad for for, t- for television. Your ratings are always going to go down because theoretically people have a life. Although in the time of COVID, no one does anything ever. They are on primetime Fox, mainstream Fox. If this happened on the USA Network, I would say, well, no one's watching USA other than Red Shoe mm-hmm. Diaries, which was the greatest jerk-off show of all time because you got detectives and <laughs> boobies and crime. <laughs> This is on, like, you would just imagine you're, you're a family guy, you're at, you're watching wrestling with your kids, and then all of a sudden, the piss incident happens. And next thing you know, your kid is pissing into every cup in the cabinet, throwing it on their brother, cause they think it's hilarious. <laughs> this is just not something for mainstream consumption on a Friday evening. I don't get the whole angle, but then the way they executed it was just, again, as Maury Povich as you could ever ask for.
3: I just, like, I can't, I can't, I can't not understand it enough. I just, even from a television creative standpoint, I think about all the bad ideas I've ever pitched. And I have pitched some bad ideas. You and me both. But, like, never have I pitched a piss angle and then have someone say, you know what? Yes, we're going to do that. Like, yes, we should do that. So I can only imagine that this came from Vince and it was, like, forced down because there's like I can't imagine anyone you know I I don't know
2: I think this could have come I would not be surprised if Jeff Hardy came up with this I don't know I have no idea
3: Poor Jeff Whatever
2: Hardy. it is, everything goes through Vince. Vince has his hand in everything. So no matter what, it was approved by Vince, whether it be his idea or not his idea. I tend to agree with Katie. I think it probably is his idea. I mean, let's not forget Darren when I When Vince found out he could vomit on command to hire him, he made him puke in front of him. Vince has a high, what I'm saying is Vince has a high tolerance for gross ass shit, which can be very beneficial to wrestling. But when it comes to this angle, again, I don't understand the amount of piss. I know that you have to have something to splash in, in Seamus' face. It has to be a good substance. But for those who've ever taken a piss test, you don't gotta go that you can just one little ounce, that's all it'll take. It's
3: a, it's a, a tiny cup yeah. is really all you need. A tiny cup.
2: And then to have this match, which in all honesty was a great match. The Seamus Jeff Hardy match, I actually think they they did put on a pretty solid match. Uh of course, Jeff Hardy comes out. The, uh, he comes out, he's wearing his, his fishnet, he's being all Jeff Hardy, he's dancing, he's doing what he does. Sheamus rolls out, starts tearing him apart immediately, ripping off his shirt. My one thing about this match, although I did think there were some high spots. I, really, I, I think that Jeff did a good job and Sheamus did a fine job too. But I don't know why Jeff is apologizing so much for his past. I feel like it's hurting the character in ring.
3: And like, it's already bad enough that they've taken this angle because I loved in the beginning when they brought when they brought Jeff back, they did a really cool package with him of like and they were they were weaving his 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 literal past into the into his story and his character. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. This could be really good. And then they put their foot on the gas and ran the car into the wall. And I don't understand why. I just don't. Well, to be
2: fair, Vince knows Vince knows everyone likes to see a car crash. I mean, so maybe that, that was the maybe that was the point.
3: I do know that creatively on the creative team, Paul Heyman's not in the creative room anymore as a producer and a writer. Yeah, what happened? I do what know happened
2: with that? They just the got... wheel
3: the wheel's been turned over to Bruce Prichard and this mm. is the I think this may have been like the immediate uh the it, it, it all happened quickly within a week. Now Paul Heyman's still with WWE, but he's only on-camera talent. So I think that we're seeing all of these like crazy curveballs and these stories and this like just right. over the top garbage stuff is come maybe cut I don't wanna blame Bruce Pritchard, but I
2: don't know. Or, I mean
3: sometimes you gotta point the finger.
2: Bruce Pritchard has been around for a long time in the wrestling business, 30 years, both in ring action, never as a wrestler, but as a manager. And of course, behind the scenes, uh, he also has a podcast. He explores, uh, he knows a lot of the um, wrestling business and, of course, explores what's going on in modern day as well. So he does do a lot of work in pro wrestling. If this is a Pritchard idea, again, I just feel like everyone was in the room. And they yes and at each other into the point where yep. we have Jeff Hardy taking a piss in the middle of the in the middle of the square circle. And they're like making a lot of piss and shame is getting splashed in the face. So it's somehow we got to this point and it's just unfortunate because I love a redemption story. We all need redemption. We all need second chances. We all make mistakes. And Jeff Hardy is, you know, he's um he's representative of all of us in many ways. We can all look at things that we've done wrong and, uh, and thank God that we have been able to, um, you know, try to make amends. I thought that storyline was awesome. And they were doing that with the segments of like, this is Jeff Hardy's life. And then as soon as he actually gets into the match with Seamus, he still seems like he's apologizing for everything that he did in his past. And I'm like, I thought this whole thing. And when I say that, I mean in style, like, Sheamus just beat the hell out of him, and and Jeff, don't you think like Jeff was just sort of like a, a dog who ate the brownie, and he knew and he knows that he ate the brownie, but he's trying to convince his mom that he didn't, and his whole snout is covered in in chocolate. You know, he just mm-hmm. he he seemed like a a like a sad dog in there. And I thought the whole point of the storyline was that he's going to be the phoenix rising from the ashes and he was going to come back bigger and better than ever. You would think that that's
3: I mean, I understand also having your redemption stories like you know, you're you're building you're building may, maybe this is a long play for Jeff, but they've never done a oh, long play. Oh, I don't play. think so. Like no. I mean, not in recent history anyway. They've never they haven't told a compelling story. Over the course of months and years, in my opinion, Eh, give or take a couple specifics. But like, oh, God, it was heartbreaking. And and to think that, like, the hardest part of all of this is the Hardy Boys came back in Orlando to WWE. It was this awesome WrestleMania pop. It was such a moment. And now to see where they both are is that he's doing piss angles on Friday nights and... Uh, Matt Hardy is developing this fucking crazy clickbait awesome. character yeah. that I want to watch every he week. He can teleport. He can teleport. He can he can change characters with the touch of a shoulder. Like, he's a bananas, and it's so much fun and funny and stupid. He can do whatever. Yeah, and, and it just it sucks.
2: Yeah, on AEW this past Wednesday, Matt Hardy actually was a commentator and uh, I believe Excalibur who, uh, the luchador, the, the man who wears the luchador mask, I think he was like what Matt Hardy are you today? And he's like I'm commentator Matt Hardy. And then he just commentated. <laughs> he's like. So not, like like nothing ever happened. Like he didn't mention uh, Sammy Guevara. So he watched a match with Sammy and uh, La Champion Jericho. He didn't mention like anything. He didn't mention hitting Sammy with a golf cart twice. <laughs> like he was yeah. just he was just like a commentator. I'm like. This is one of the few wrestlers that has enough carte blanche with the audience to literally just be like, Oh, you're commentator Matt Hardy today. I got it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you can't teleport right, today. He will next Wednesday though, I promise you.
3: It's it just it's it is kind of heartbreaking to see the current state of affairs between the bl- the brand splits of like he's given he can like Matt Hardy's given creative freedom and Jeff is over here just like it just with his tail between his legs. Just trying to it's what it seems like survive over at WWE until it's whatever contract he has is done
2: yeah i'm with you i would love to see what jeff hardy could do if he went over to aew if that is a possibility i know aew is currently hardy
3: hardy boys and fucking young bucks together in the like oh that's a dream that is a dream on that is a televised dream
2: it would be incredible whether they whether they bring the hardy boys together as a duo or have both of them do singles they are so good in the ring both individually and together they can do no wrong, and that would be incredible. I know AEW is currently courting Roman Reigns, at least publicly. Uh, Roman Reigns has been upset, uh, evidently, from the information that I've heard on the YouTube. When it comes to Vince McMahon, when it comes to creative, there's a reason he hasn't showed up. Obviously, COVID has a huge role to play in that because of the leukemia, and he's, uh, he, has, um, he is immune compromised. Yeah. But could you imagine... If someone like Jeff Hardy, someone like Roman Reigns, do they start going over to AEW? We are going to have a true watch out Cold War competition once again in pro wrestling, which is exactly what we need because we got to avoid piss angles. <laughs> we have to uh, heighten the game and heighten the performance because uh, God, sometimes WWE SmackDown does not do well.
3: Yeah. There was also, not to get too far off track, but just to mention it, there was a puke angle last night, uh, or in this week's NXT uh, show, and I was just like, what the fuck are they doing? A puke angle in the ring for, like, in a women's match. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, why? Why? Some, why are you? I don't
2: know. There is a writer who has something to do with bodily fluids. And if, we, if we see a, if we see a poop angle, we know something's going on back
3: there. Thanks they're hilarious.
2: You know, a good a good poop in the ring on accident—that's quite funny. It happened to Bret Hart, of course. So Sheamus defeated Jeff Hardy via pinfall, a clean pinfall. I don't know where Jeff goes from here. Uh, hopefully, the storyline can now sort of switch to Jeff just being badass Jeff again. I don't want to talk about the past anymore because they don't know how to handle that story. They just botched this so bad, uh, and as I said, embarrassing. Hardy had to win that match. It's the only thing that would have redeemed this ridiculous storyline. Hardy had to beat Sheamus. Sheamus is also a heel that people truly don't like. He doesn't really even fit that spot. We were talking about heels last week. He doesn't fit that spot of love to hate. A lot of people just don't like his ass.
3: I don't like him. But I do have to apologize because I feel like I went a little hard on Seamus last week. He does have spinal stenosis, which is why he was out for so long. There <laughs> so you I go, feel Katie. Like, I feel like I was beaten up beating up on somebody that maybe, maybe didn't deserve it. Although I stand by the fact that he's not a very good worker and I don't like his character.
2: <laughs> well, that's fine. You're allowed to not like his performance, but I don't think you should be making fun of someone for being hurt.
3: I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sheamus, and I'm sure wow. he's super sweet and very nice and I've heard nothing but the great things about him. Yes, but.
2: perhaps he's listening. Um I know we have I'm I don't know so if he, sorry. I don't know if he listens to this show, but Jimmy Havoc is a big fan of uh of last podcast on the left. Not sure if he listens to this, probably not because pro wrestlers might feel like they're at work. Like I don't listen to a podcast about podcasts, I guess. Yeah. But he's incredible and he had an amazing match uh yesterday on or on Wednesday on AEW's Dynamite. Jimmy Havoc, someone to watch out for, I was just saying, he he's, is, he's so a listener, fun. and I'm just trying to plug my own ego right there, because I just wanted to say
1: that.
3: He's really, he's fantastic. I love Jimmy Havoc. All
2: right, let's get back to Backlash. Asuka versus Nia Jax. This was a match that we were concerned about, just because Nia Jax has a tendency to be a little heavy-handed, and if anyone hurts Asuka, uh, I'm going to write an email... <laughs> I'll be that angry.
3: I've got something to say. Mm, let me speak
2: to your manager. Um, <laughs> because I will go full Karen if Nia Jax injures Asuka because I need to know exactly what happened and why this didn't work out right.
3: Yeah.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only, must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply.
1: The legends are true. Overwhelming power! Sauce of destiny. Yes!
2: can carry anybody naya she is i i get so conflicted with naya Jax. i swear to god she's two different wrestlers because sometimes you see her and you're like okay i think she's got this down there's some smooth movements going on um she she looks good in the ring No, no moves are being botched everything is good and then other times she just reverts back to not being crisp And I felt like last night's match, or uh, last week's match at Backlash, I just it seemed to me like Asuka was really carrying the show. And the way that they ended it with the 10 Mm -hmm. count, so Asuka retains, I don't know if that's how it was supposed to end, or if that's just sort of what had to happen because of a botched conclusion. I don't know. They had a rematch on Monday Night Raw, Asuka retained, again. But there was something in that match that just did not really work and i i can't put my finger on it but it just seems like maybe naya oscar was working with naya and i didn't see naya working quite as well with oscar
3: that's a great way to put it i think i also i was very negative nancy about this whole coming into this whole card
2: it was better <laughs> than you expected though cuz honestly i i thought the overall just don't well. get me wrong i thought it was a very fun pay-per-view
3: I had a hard time really getting into this, and I think maybe it, by, my attitude going in was this is going to suck, regardless of whether I want yeah. it to be great or not.
2: Yeah, you pulled the, you, you pulled the child in the backseat on family vacation, and you said, this is going to be horrible. And then you got to the Corn Palace in South Dakota, and you realized there's a bunch of corn on that wall, and how cool is that?
3: But there is only one cornfield that I really, really liked. (laughs) Okay. And this wasn't it. Where I was like, I was just kind of like, this is what I expected. Like, I saw this match and I was like, it feels like it's, it feels hasty. It feels like it's not really planned. It feels like they just kind of threw it together. Nobody really gives a shit. And like, the ending was weird. The
2: ending, that's why. count
3: out. Like, it was a weird count out. Like, it just didn't. And none of it made none of it, and none of it continued to make sense.
2: I'm with you. The countout. So for those that didn't see it, basically Oscar went for uh, sort of a version of the Asuka lock. Well, on the ropes, in the corner of the ropes, on the turnbuckle, they both fall out of the ring, and somehow because of this collision, it is it none, none of, neither of them can get back into the ring. Wasn't the most. I, I, There wasn't anything that happened that would make me think that they can't get up and go to the ring. They just didn't. I mean, they were kind of like wrestling and stuff outside, but it just like... It's not like like
3: it was a 60-minute match where they're so tired, where they can't make it back to the ring. It was like, uh, oh, whoops, I got counted out. (laughs) Shit. It really (laughs)
2: made no sense. So maybe that was the way they scripted it. I don't know. I also kind of think there was a botch job for the conclusion, and this was what they settled on in the moment, perhaps. Maybe maybe Vince changed the call mid, mid-match, mid because I have no idea why it ended in a 10 count. It doesn't make any sense, and it's extremely rare to have a countout in a wrestling match where the champion is is still uh, alive and awake and being like, give me my belt. Like, it does it just didn't make any sense.
3: Yeah. No, it's just it's another, it's another notch in the belt of not making any goddamn sense. Well,
2: I mean, at least I mean the Hardy angle does make sense. He took a he took a piss and threw it on someone. That makes a lot of sense. I understand how that happened.
3: Yes. But he still lost. That doesn't make
2: sense. <laughs> That is the problem. Uh, All right. Well, let's go on to the Universal Championship. So, uh, Asuka has retained. She is still the women's champion. She beat Nia Jax twice in two days. Not easy to do. The immovable force, I I don't know. I I just, maybe, when it comes, it's not easy being Nia Jax's size in wrestling, number one. She is a big, she's a big performer. Yes. You know, I get it. And a lot of the stuff she does, she really does do well. It's just... There's something that doesn't quite click with her against a lot of performers and I don't know if that's their hesitation, uh, you know, as we talked about before when she was about to give Charlotte Flair a leg drop, a leg drop, Charlotte put both hands up very obviously and was like you're oh, not yeah. getting close to these titties, like it's not happening. <laughs> so maybe Asuka didn't feel safe in the ring with her and this is what they do because of insecurity. That is possible. All right, well speaking of insecure Let's talk about Braun Strowman versus what I consider the very insecure Miz and John Morrison. They're insecure and they pretend like they're not, and that's why they act the way that they do, because they're truly oh. just scared, scared little boys.
3: Oh, okay. I like I like digging into this character. Okay.
2: I'm into it. Braun Strowman, the mountain, the monster among men. He defeated the Miz and Morrison. This match was interesting because uh they had a stipulation. We were talking last week, like, how the hell. What are Morrison and Miz going to be co-universal champions? Like, how does that work? Do you get an extension on the belt and they walk down together like they're doing some bizarre potato sack race with a championship belt? They should do that. I'm on board with this that's idea. That's how the tag teams, but with one belt, and you have to wear the same belt walking down the ring. <laughs> I think that's brilliant.
3: I mean, it's better than the piss angle.
2: Anything is better than that. So Braun Strowman defeated the Miz and Morrison. The stipulation in this match was that Miz and Morrison, whoever pins Braun Strowman, uh, they will be the universal Champion. So obviously you've set this up for some division, and you are thinking maybe the Miz and Morrison are going to end up feuding. Didn't really happen, although the Miz did break up a count uh, between Morrison that allowed Braun Strowman to retain the championship belt. That's sort of how we assumed it was going to go, and it did. This story, the the match itself, I thought was uh, it was... If you're going to do a two-on-one match and you're going to have to tag and stuff, I thought that I thought Miz and Morrison did a good job of keeping the momentum going and making the story acceptable when it comes to beating down the big tree that is Braun Strowman.
3: Yes, I do. I, like it, it's a match to me was leh. It was fine. I, I like there was nothing special, but it did bring up a question that I had about what is Braun Strowman's trajectory here for storyline? Like, what are we doing with Braun Strowman? Right. Uh he he was a top guy for quite some time. He was getting a major push. Well,
2: he still is. He's a universal champion.
3: Yeah, but now he's kind of like lost in this mid-card world of half-assed storylines with a, a tag team. Uh it just like there's like I just I don't know where we're going yet with or what he's doing. Uh right. so I I'm, I'm interested to see like where where this is supposed to go and this could easily be one of those matches it's kind of lost in storyline or lost in creative oh yeah because there's other fish to deal with right now
2: yeah i think that miz and morrison played a good foil for braun Strowman. obviously they destroyed his car they were messing with him for multiple weeks so
3: fun it's, it's so fun. It, that, that shit's so fun.
2: Yeah, you know, seeing Braun, Braun Strowman at one point picked up a van and threw it on its side as Ms and Morrison were inside, like they were, uh, like they were detectives from the movie Scream. That's right. Um, or news reporters from the movie Scream, sitting in there listening to everyone die and listening to Braun Strowman scream. He was able to knock over the van. Like there was a lot of stuff in this storyline that works because Braun Strowman angry and screaming at two little assholes will always work. <laughs> Miz and Morrison, right. as you know, I Miz he aggravates me a little bit because I don't believe his in-ring meets I just don't think he's that great in-ring, but that's just me because you compare him to Morrison, Morrison is like, "Damn, bro, like how do you move like that again? He's not small." Yeah. And this guy yeah. is like spinning what 360s, 860s, whatever, 1990s, whatever the hell the the amount of spinning he does. It is incredible. And just an unbelievable talent for a dude that big. And he not to mention, he's completely and utterly shredded.
3: 0% body fat. He's like zero. Easily. Yeah. Between the two of them, Morrison's the wrestler.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Morrison, of course, he's quite funny. You know, I love the music video that Miz and Morrison made about Braun Strowman. I truly did laugh. It was so stupid. It was so, so campy. Stupid. Um, But I, you know, I'm a mark for that kind of stuff. I was... Down, and again, as I've been talking about, I'm sort of in the mood for super stupid right now because everything is so serious and dire. So I've been watching as escape. I watched a comedy last night, uh, The Wrong Missy, when? with David Spade and Lauren Lapkus. It was hilarious, and that was the first comedy I... I've watched in forever.
3: I love that movie. It was so good, <laughs> it's so stupid. It was so I dumb.
2: It. it was so dumb, and I loved it. And that's how I felt watching Miss and Morrison's music video, where I'm just like, this is so freaking camp but I can go for it right now no one is dying I'm like all right these two are just being ass, cla- uh, ass hats class clowns you name it that's those two so the Braun Strowman Miz and Morrison storyline it's classic big guy getting picked on by two little shrimps oh my god story of my freaking life and uh, then finally <laughs> he gets his revenge when he gets his big old hands Around their necks and destroys them. So I thought this was uh, this storyline. I'm pretty sure it's going to conclude at this point uh, because I don't know how you continue to stretch this storyline. But you know, hey, why not? Big big guy getting bullied by two little schmucks and big guy gets his revenge. It's a Lenny story and it's important. He's had enough. Leave him alone and leave his car alone. He can barely fit in the damn thing.
3: I did completely forget about the car and the surveillance. Van tipping. It's incredible. It's so, it's, it is, it's super. Like, you put Braun Strowman in front of any sort of immovable object and he can move it, and I'm game. Like, I love, I love seeing him destroy things.
2: I agree. I agree. Um, all right. Well, let's talk of the ladies. Uh, you are correct. Let's talk about the women's tag team championship. You are correct, Katie, when it comes to the iconics. You uh, are a big fan of them. I, I can't, uh, I do. can't really tell you how much. Everything aggravates me about them, but that makes them good heels I suppose. They should.
3: They should aggravate you. They're the they're mean girls. They're the worst.
2: Very mean. Bailey and Sasha Banks, they're the champs versus the Iconics versus Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Oh, you know me. I wanted to see Cross and Bliss take the championship but instead Bailey and Sasha Banks retained and let me just say this about those two. I'm over it. Oh. I'm over it. I'm over Sasha and Bailey. I love Sasha. I love Bailey. the great wrestlers. But as a tag team, I'm good. I can't Becky uh, or Bailey dose belts. She's got two belts. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I can't with the whole, like, they love each other. I understand they're good friends. I get all of that. I just want a different tag team to hold those titles at this point. I have had enough of those two. I wish that they were feuding again, and I wish Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss got the straps because they deserve it. In my opinion, they are the superior tag team.
3: They are taking the women's belts, the women's tag team belt, to NXT. I believe next they're, week.
2: Yes, yeah, Sasha and Bailey. they're going to NXT. They're going to SmackDown. They're, doing, they're running the whole gamut. They're
3: going to make the rounds. Yeah. They're
2: making the rounds. They're going to defend the championship, which is great. Uh, they're taking a page out of Cody Rhodes' book with AEW. He has been defending that TNT championship like a madman. Kudos to Cody Rhodes, putting over a lot of the wrestlers into AEW, making them shine, making them look great. I will say this. Still the
3: same damn ugly belt. I don't believe that's a fake belt. I think that's the belt. We were talking about it last night watching the show. I was like, I, I still... No one's confirmed otherwise. That's the belt. But that's... I mean, yeah... Yeah, it doesn't. That TNT belt it's belt. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I will get confirmation. I will make it my goal to get confirmation this week on whether that is the actual belt or if they're if it's still they're still waiting for the belt. But I, I, my gut feeling is that at some point they've gotten the belt and no one said otherwise.
2: He's got. He's. This is his third match defending the belt. That is the belt. Yeah. We have to. We do, We it's have to deal with be the that belt. So as just Cody, shitty belt. It is a horrible belt. I would not buy that <laughs> belt. Um, of course I could never earn it either. When it comes to Bailey and Sasha, they're sort of doing what Cody is doing in AEW. Cody, of course, now I understand why he has the TNT championship belt, because it is a showcase. He is showcasing the talent of AEW. He's sort of, and he's having great matches with anyone. I mean, Cody can just go, he can do different styles. Cody is just a brilliant in-ring technician uh, and tactician. And I think Bailey and Sasha Hopefully they can do something similar for the women's tag team division because, of course, women's tag teams, that's a very new belt. It's a very new uh, situation mm-hmm. that we find ourselves in. So if they can build up the women's tag team division in NXT, SmackDown and Raw, then I'm all for them going out to the, doing those different shows. But as I, as we saw with NXT TakeOver in your house, I think those bitches in NXT are going to destroy them.
3: Uh. I hope I hope that's the case. I hope Seriously. that's the case. Like I, I wanna see them just I, well, and here's the thing is that every time we talk about someone from the main roster going to NXT, they always win, which is kind of my problem with right. if if for like think of Charlotte. Like Charlotte went to NXT and she still beat Rhea Ripley and that's like so frustrating because you're show you're supposed to be showcasing this talent. Right. And I guess, I mean, I, I guess you could shoot holes in this theory, but it's frustrating to see someone from the main roster go to NXT and then still win in NXT, which doesn't make any sense to me because I want to see the main roster people lose against NXT players. So then I want to watch NXT more. Like, that's the way it should, yeah, in my brain, how it should work. So I'm, I'm only guessing that Sasha and Bayley will go to NXT, they'll wind up winning their match, and they'll go on or but but to charlotte's
2: to charlotte's credit she did drop the belt to what was it eo Shirai?
3: yes yeah
2: so she did drop the belt put over eo which was great and i think she's going to have a wonderful future in nxt so maybe that is inevitably the conclusion but sasha and bailey to me they are going to prop up the women's tag team divisions in smackdown and nxt again it is a new division it's a whole new Um, it's just a whole new avenue for female wrestlers that now they can go down and perform in. And I am, I'm a fan of tag team wrestling. I always have been. I love tag team wrestling. I love the dynamics of it. It changes the everything. Um, you have so many interpersonal relationships at play, so many different things that can end up happening. So I am an advocate for the women's wrestling tag team division and hopefully they can um hopefully they can continue to grow. The Iconics, I get why you like them, but I also totally understand why I completely despise them.
3: Yes, no, I totally get it. They're the worst and the best at the same time. And they're beautiful. On top of on top of being obnoxious and unbearable, they're also beautiful, which just makes you hate them even more. And it's Phenomenal! I think they're great.
2: Yeah, it is something. I don't. I'm not an <laughs> incel, so I don't hate that they're beautiful. It's really just the whole thing. It's the whole. It's. But I guess that's the point.
3: It's the. It's the shrieky, like shrill, uh, whiny voices, and they're like. I
2: just feel like I need to apologize every time I see them, and I don't know why. I don't know what yeah. I should be sorry for. But I, they're mad at me about something. I don't yep. know. Maybe I, I didn't get the right yogurt. I have no clue at the grocery store how to buy yogurt. I You're not wearing do it. pink
3: on a Wednesday.
2: I mean, I'm not aware of their cycle and what they need. I don't know why they're mad at me, but I just know they're mad at me. And I just, it's like, I'm sorry.
3: Good. You should be.
2: I'll do better next time. <laughs> it would be nice if you if you explained to me what I've done wrong in the first place. No. But anyway, all
3: you need to know is that whatever it is you did it, you and you just need to be sorry for it and you're in their way. So get out of the way.
2: Okay. Okay, I know, and I am I am going to.
3: <laughs> all right, well,
2: speaking of tag teams, let's talk about the dudes. Let's talk about the dudes. The Street Profits and the Viking Raiders brawl across the performance center. Oh. Katie, if you didn't like this. Okay, see, you're a oh. socio. You're a sociopath <laughs> if you did not like this. because uh, it, it went it, on nineties. for like there a million hours. It was not a million hours. A million hours. Million and hours. There was, and there was, it was no, it, no, so long. No, it was not a million hours. It was like 10 minutes. And then they ended up in a dumpster. And in the dumpster was a... Bizarre sea creature with a big sucker, like a like an octopus. It was straight out of Star Wars. It was awesome. I loved it, and there were ninjas involved, which was incredible. Including a new giant, uh, which is now uh, in the who is now in the WWE. He is a big man. He is seven foot four. Uh, he was in NXT. Uh, no, he was not in NXT, but he's been in developmental for a little while now. And I love a good giant. I feel like they're super fun. His name is He's Jordan. Impressive. His name is Jordan Obe. Ome, uh, it's O M O G B A B E H I N. Omagabin. Omagabin. I'm gonna say Jordan Omagabin. That might be right. right. That could be correct. Okay. Jordan okay. Omagabin. Yeah, we'll go with it until proven otherwise. Anyway, seven foot three, big old boy, dressed up, premiered as a ninja. Now he's hanging out with Tazawa. He's Tazawa's number one goon. He's a big dude, and I am happy to see him. We have, I love a good tall giant. You got to love him. Obviously, there's only there are there are only tall giants. I understand that, but he <laughs> is going to. Destroy the WWE roster. I love a good giant. Put him against Braun. He
3: is massive. He's huge. Enorm- he just, ta- I mean, obviously he's 7'3", so he just towers over everyone. But there's also something that, I also thought when I first saw the, like the, amusing air quotes, ninja angle, there was like a moment of like, mm, I don't know about this one. Like there was a little bit of like. Social, like, I was just like, I'm sort of uncomfortable. I don't know. Well,
2: you're a white lady, you get you have like spider senses to be uncomfortable.
3: I like, uh, is this okay? I don't know if this is okay. Is this okay? Is really my first thought. Like, are we is this what's am wrong I, with ninjas? I don't know. It's just cultural appropriation y. Like, I don't know. They're going against
2: Vikings.
3: I know. I don't know. That was my first reaction. My first oh. reaction was like, I don't know. But, like, also in the context of this other, like, this other world that they, like, the Viking Raiders and and Private Party were, like, going back and forth. Street street street, Profits. God damn it. I do that all the time. Street Profits were just going back and forth. I'm just like, I, uh, I just, they lost me.
2: Oh, my God. They lost God. me, and
3: then I was like, oh, they look kind of like the Dark Order. Are we doing like a Dark Order storyline?
2: No fun, Katie Dirks. That's no, the new nickname because this was incredible. Fun. Obviously, we've had a competition between the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits going on for many weeks now. If anything you can do, I can do better. That was basically the theme. And then what did Vince McMahon do? Solved race relations in this country bringing the viking raiders and the street prophets together to take on the world's most dangerous anima, anime, anima, <laughs> enemy enemy <laughs> enemy ninjas ninjas are always going to be scary they're aloof they're they're going to i mean they'll they'll kill your ass before you even know that they're there so i thought it was a good way to handle what could have been in my personal opinion more uncomfortable with the Street okay. Profits and the Viking Raider. They could have very easily just gone down a much darker road with these two tag teams. Oh, yeah. And they chose to just be like, well, you know what? Let's make them team up for this one challenge. And I thought from a extremely stoned, full-on edibles, couple of Bud Lights <laughs> in perspective – I was like, you know what? I'll take it. There's a damn monster in the dumpster. Anytime there's a monster in the dumpster, I'm like, this is this is cool as shit. A sea creature.
3: There's like a sea creature coming out of the dumpster. Yeah, it was like out of the uh, movie
2: The Mist. I mean, this is that exists though.
3: So weird.
2: <laughs> I love that the WWE is getting just... a little weirder in those areas. I think that that's fun. I like. I say kind of fun.
3: I. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. I like the. I, I like the idea. On paper, it sounds great. On paper, it sounds hilarious. In execution, I was less than impressed. I was like, what is this garbage?
2: You just don't like bad movies.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to, I tried to, I really tried, I didn't try very hard.
2: As a I fan. I knew I
3: wasn't going to like the show.
2: As a, I know you went in with a negative, which is, that's anti-science. You're not supposed to I have did. a conclusion. Because you had a conclusion and then you and then you made that conclusion come true.
3: I, it's, yes, and when we get to the Randy Orton match, I will explain my entire theory Okay, of this whole show.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply.
1: The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes.
2: Well, we can get to that match extremely soon. Let's just let's do a pit stop real quick here. Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre retains. Uh, MVP is out there. Uh, Lena ends up interfering in the match. Bobby Lashley is extremely upset with Lena. The the drama continues between those two again and again and again. Uh MVP and Lashley leave the ring, both in disgust at Lena, who jumped up on the curtain and distracted Bobby Lashley, allowing Drew McIntyre uh to hit the Claymore. And of course, one, two, three is the follow. A solid match. Drew McIntyre is doing a good job.
3: It was it was fine. Yeah, it was fine.
2: What do you think of the, What do you think of what's going on with your girl Lena right now? Because obviously Rusev is going to be dipping out in the AEW whenever he can.
3: I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't actually know about that. Really? I don't. I from my sources, it's not a sure thing that he would wind up over at AEW, uh, just due to there's no live shows right now, and so income over there isn't. Is being offset differently right. than it would be if they were running live shows every week.
2: Well, can't Tony Khan? He's a multi-billionaire. Can he shell out a little bit of money for these people?
3: I think it's like you're you're looking at the what's you know what's the what's the forecast of when are they right. going to be able to get back to normal, if you will, sure, uh, and start and getting and 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 offsetting some of this revenue. So I don't think that Rusev going over to AEW is a sure thing by any means.
2: Really. Also, and. speaking of not speaking of things that might not happen, in this case they definitely won't. I was talking about uh, NXT last week when it comes to Tommaso Ciampa being like, maybe he should just go to the main roster. No, that was immediately pee- poo pooed. I was sent an article. Um, Tommaso Ciampa said he would re- rather retire than go to the main roster. So I think he's happy in NXT, or at the very least, happy enough.
3: Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Drew
2: McIntyre retaining. Again, I think that's good. I don't want to see him drop the belt until there's an audience. I think he deserves to get that one big pop, and he will as soon as his music hits. uh, And he is there uh, holding the championship belt. I want that for him. He deserves it. He's been busting his ass for a long freaking time uh, for Vince and other promotions. And so I I want to see him get the reaction that I think he deserves as a big man. He can move very well. I mean, I've seen a lot of kip-ups. He definitely does that a lot. Yeah. That is extremely difficult to do. And as a big man, I think he is extremely unique to be able to move the way he does. And, of course, Lashley is no slouch when it comes to being able to wrestle either.
3: No, I mean... I mean, I liked that this match was just two big dudes going at it. Yeah, with and good I mean, speed. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a terrible match. No, I mean, you it's know, not something sometimes... I would pay fifty dollars for. But it's
2: well, like... Katie, they didn't ask you to pay fifty dollars for it, did they? They didn't. No, no they, they didn't. didn't. So there you go.
3: Well, if I didn't have the WWE network, they would have.
2: <laughs> wow! Wow! Uh, two big guys. That match can go either way. Um, oftentimes it can be a little slow, a little sluggish. That was not the case here. And now that I'm thinking about two big guys, I'm reminded of Undertaker's The Last Dance, or The Last Ride, rather. Sorry, The Last Dance, of course, is the Bulls documentary, which is also a must-see. If you have not been watching The Last Ride on WWE Network, you really need to. It is unbelievable. Katie, have you been watching this at all?
3: I need to catch I think I've done two episodes. They're, they're, to onto catch, chapter, they're on to chapter...
2: They're on to chapter four, and in this chapter, Undertaker is discussing what happened in Saudi Arabia with Bill Goldberg. Now, this is a situation that was extremely devastating for Undertaker because he could have gotten seriously injured. Goldberg attempts to do the jackhammer, which he cannot do at this point, specifically to a a man the size of The Undertaker. And if you watch the fall Undertaker is centimeters away from being paralyzed like it is so dangerous and so when you see two big guys in the ring in their prime like Lashley and McIntyre it's it's a reminder that like you gotta be you have to be almost extra careful when you're dealing with people of that size because if those dudes get if they if they land on their head that's a big impact and it is like, it's over for them. They, they will break their necks in a damn heartbeat. You have to watch The Last Ride with Undertaker, Mark Calloway. It's a great docuseries, and I'm so happy Goldberg didn't end up ending his career like Bill Goldberg is known to do. Just look no further yeah. than Bret Hart and a whole series of other people.
3: Damn!
2: That's what I'm going to say, Katie. That's what I'm going to say. I
3: know. All right. I know how you feel about Goldberg. What?
2: I know. Well, everyone agrees with me too. All right, let's talk about the greatest wrestling match ever: Edge versus Randy Orton. Was this the greatest wrestling match in the history of wrestling matches, Katie? What do you
3: think? No.
2: No is the answer from Katie.
3: With an asterisk. Okay. Was this the greatest wrestling match on the card? Absolutely, it was. This well, was the greatest match. It was the main event. Leads I mean, me it too. It was good. It leads me to my theory of why everything else sucked so bad. Like they it did had not to have, suck so bad. They had to. They had to have make sure that the all the other matches fought ninjas were garbage. Everything else in this show has to be complete shit. So by the time you get to the main event, you're like, oh my god, that was amazing. That was the greatest wrestling match ever.
2: That is. Uh, a negative point that's of view. That's my theory. I know that's your theory, but I would have to push back a little <laughs> bit on the theory. I thought that the wrestling match, the greatest wrestling match of all time, uh, the greatest wrestling match ever, it lived up to the name in the sense that it was an homage to wrestling. That's what I took away from this match. It was an homage to wrestlers of the past. It was an homage to old school um, technical wrestling. It was a hell of a lot better than their uh, false count anywhere or last man standing match. Yes, I it was much you. better than that. It was a lot more exciting. Randy and Edge apparently didn't want to have it called the greatest wrestling match ever. That was an angle that not. Vince did. <laughs> um, of course so they didn't when it. So when it comes to that, when it comes to those two wrestlers saying, "What did you call our match?" Oh, the greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, God. We better not botch it. They did not botch it. It was a solid match. I was more skeptical that this was going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. I was more skeptical of this match than other matches um, because I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to do it. Apparently, Edge called Bret Hart a few days before the match. He was extremely nervous. Obviously, Bret and Edge are close, both Canadians. And Bret was just like, you do what you do, man. Like, he gave him some advice, some encouragement. Randy Orton behind the scenes was also sweating a little bit, calling this the greatest match ever. There was a lot of pressure on these two dudes to have at least an incredible match. And they did have a great match. This was sort of hindered by expectation. That's what I was talking about last week. You can't call something the greatest that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. If they would not have called this the greatest wrestling match ever, I think people would have actually... um, scored it higher i really do
3: 100 percent. if they would have done literally any other angle with this match this would have been and it's not to say it wasn't a five-star match i don't think it was a five-star match but it it's it would have it would have gone down as one of if not edge's best match like you could have easily said, like, "Oh, this is a this is an amazing match," and he's how old, and he's right. he's been he's been, he has been wrestling for how long? And there's so many other things. But the minute this giant corporation comes in and is like, "You're gonna love this because I'm telling you, who you are," right. you're just like, "Fuck you, yeah, yeah fuck it."
2: Yeah, but I, they I did totally a great agree. job.
3: It was it was good. They,
2: they did do a great it was, job. It was good. It felt it wasn't the best Edge match and it wasn't the best Randy Orton match. We, I mean, I think everyone agrees yeah. with that. It did feel a little bit like they were chasing because when you start something with this is going to be the greatest thing ever, it makes it extremely difficult to be comfortable in the ring. That's what I would assume anyway, Um, because as any performer knows, like the performance is going to be what the performance is. And sometimes things just go so perfectly. Every mistake looks great. Like it's really like everything is perfect. And then other times, it just doesn't quite hit the same way. So I think they were chasing the greatest match ever. Hence, we saw every finisher that's ever existed. That,
3: you I, know, lo- I did love the tour of, of finishers. I thought that was great. I, I love that was fun.
2: They gave a nod to Christian, who just got his nuts punched by Ric Flair and then punted in the face by Randy Orton on Monday Night Raw. So that match, Christian's comeback lasted a hell of a lot shorter than Edge's. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. they gave an homage to Eddie Guerrero, which was super cool. Um, I believe I believe we saw a pedigree at some point in triple pedigrees. we yeah. saw
3: rock bottom,
2: yeah, so I thought that that was that was really just sort of like around the world in fifty moves. I thought that was mm-hmm. really good and and fun. And I feel like that was what they were that was. That was their idea of how to get the biggest finish possible is to just throw a bunch of old finishes at the audience and just have the audience be like, I remember that move. I know that yeah. move. Oh my.
3: Look at him, look at him go.
2: Look at him go. How did you
3: feel about the uh, how did you feel about the audience piped in?
2: I thought the audience pipe in was great. So they did this thing for those listening. You're like, oh shit, the audience is pretty loud here. And they're like, that's right, there's no audience. My brain was tricked enough to be like, it works. I don't. Know. I, I say, why not?
3: Yeah, I loved it in the beginning, and then there were parts where I was like, okay, I'm over it, and then like towards the end, I was back in it. So like, I was just like, all right, I'm fine with this. I don't care. I'm in.
2: It's fine. I mean, it's just kind of white noise at some point, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, it does. I, I do think that like a crowd pop elevates yeah. a match.
2: Did they have that piped in? Did the wrestlers hear that?
3: No, that was post. That was this all was a pre-taped. Post. This match was pre-taped. Okay. Uh, and Edge actually tore his pec and had yes. surgery, I think, on Monday, I feel like right after. I believe
2: it was his tricep. It's, I don't know if that's in the pec or not. I have no idea. They said tricep.
3: Tricep. Yep. Confirmed from the living room. James says tricep too. All right.
2: <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Edge Edge did end up getting hurt in that match. And of course, Randy Orton ended up beating Edge, which leads me to believe that this truly is Edge's last match because they always say you go out on your back. Um, You tend to lose your final match. That's sort of like wrestling lore. So perhaps that was the case here.
3: No, I think, I mean, I don't, yes. Yes, you go out on your back. Yes, he's, I feel like he's on the edge of retirement, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you want to go out without a crowd. Like, do you want to go out (sighs) without a crowd? Like, that's the hardest part. Like, are you going to, he's now, now he has to recover from surgery and now we have to go all the way back there. Like, is he? Is this going to be an Undertaker search for the perfect match story?
2: If that is his last match, I think he can rest rest happy. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. I don't think this will be the Undertaker thing. Uh, the Undertaker uh, again. For those that aren't watching, the Last Ride, it really is a story about a man trying to find the conclusion to his career that he deems acceptable. Obviously when Goldberg damn near screwed him over and killed him in Saudi Arabia wasn't good his that's other not ma- it. that's not <laughs> it his other match in Saudi Arabia was Shawn Michaels and Triple H and uh and Kane when they were the brothers of destruction versus DX that wasn't it either that match was horrible <laughs> um and so he's still searching for it but of course the irony is it doesn't get easier it only gets harder if I was Taker, I would take the AJ Styles graveyard match and say that was it because that was awesome and it was it was just a perfect Taker. It was an homage to all all of his many many variations of the character and I would have just taken that. I would have been like that's that's a perfect way to say bye-bye, but uh, of course he doesn't want to. An,
3: or he's and working it's an automatically like legendary match. Like it's it's going to go down in in his catalog of greatest matches he's done in his career.
2: Yeah, like, absolutely. Well,
3: take take it.
2: It's definitely the, the most unique. It's a one, it's a once-in-a-lifetime match. So, yeah, that's what I would go with. All right. Well, before we get to match from the past, let's talk a bit about Fighter Fest. So, Katie, we know a couple of these matches that we talked about uh last week. We got Brian Cage taking on John Moxley, and then AEW tag team champions Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman Page taking on the best friends for the tag straps. Best friends are hilarious, they're an unbelievable tag team. Uh, extremely fun to watch what's the other match that they've added now
3: cody and jake hager
2: so cody is going to go against jake hager jake hager sort of been scouting cody every time that cody wrestles they cut to jake hager looking at the tv very old school um uh, yeah. like watch scouting the match that match is going to be fascinating because of course jake hager he's got a whole posse behind him he's got a whole crew to work with perhaps this is the match that cody rhodes Drops the championship belt. If it's going to be anyone so far that he's wrestled, I think Jake Hager has the best chance. And again, this is going to be a two night event July 1st and I believe July 8th on TNT. These are Fighter Fest. This is Fighter Fest. This is a pay per view, a free pay per view on television, basically. So I think we can expect some pretty big things to happen. And it's possible in my mind, Jake Hager ends up going away with the strap for the TNT Television Championship, not the Television Championship, but the TNT belt. Yeah, which it does seem to almost be the Television Championship, doesn't it?
3: I mean, yeah, you, I feel uh, that's a safe—you can call it that. I feel like that's that's a safe, safe gamble. Um, and I think what's interesting too is that uh, because this is a televised, a uh, themed two-night event for AEW, uh, NXT is also starting to stack their cards with. Pretty awesome matches as well So you'll, you'll see more of uh, Keith Lee More of the Keith Lee Johnny Gargano uh, nice. rivalry So like it'll it's, it's gonna be a fun couple of weeks And there's I feel like there's gonna be A lot of news to talk about In those two weeks
2: I can't wait again If you haven't listened to our episode On WWE NXT In your house That I think it's safe to say Was a more solid card Than we saw at Backlash it's hard yes. because, of course, that's supposed to be developmental in NXT, but that's sort of long gone away as the purpose. It's now just a stand on its own, whole new crop of wrestlers. But my god, if they do end up having, I am going to have to. I don't have DVR. I am going to have to get DVR, which I know I sound like a ninety-year-old man. I, how do you get a DVR? I don't know. I actually have no it's idea. It's like
3: five bucks on Sling. Sure, you have Sling, I have, right? It's I have Sling. Like sure. Five bucks. Sure. I don't know.
2: I have no clue, but I have to get it because if NXT is putting on shows like they put on within your house, it's going to be must-watch wrestling.
3: One hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think that that week will be. I think that's going to be a really fun week in wrestling. Just to see, it'll kind of give us a preview of what's to come when things right. start to really open back up and normalize again. Uh, of like what everyone's fully capable of doing, so I think that's gonna be really fun.
2: Have there been any indie matches or anything yet in Los Angeles? I know things are starting to open up a little bit there, there
3: haven't there haven't here that I am aware of, okay. uh, and I don't see anything in the near future. I know that there's talk about a bunch of stuff, but nothing's been really solidified
2: all right, well, hopefully. Hopefully sooner than later, when it's safe to talk and congregate, we will be watching wrestling together. Okay, well, speaking of great matches, this is Match From The Past. This is a Ben Kissel choice. I went with Gold Dust versus Ahmed Johnson, 1996 King of the Ring. This is one of the best pay-per-views in the world. I swear to you, this pay-per-view is stacked top to bottom, and this is of course the pay-per-view where Stone Cold Steve Austin beats a weekend Jake the Snake Roberts uh goes and coins three multi 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 million dollar phrases. Austin 316. Um, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Uh, Austin uh, and uh, I just whooped your ass. Literally every single thing that Stone Cold's career became started. With that, with this King of the Ring, but that is not even the match I'm talking about because that match was actually kind of garbage. (laughs) The the a great match Goldust versus Ahmed Johnson. This is peak Goldust. This is 1996. So Goldust is really truly freaking out the squares.
3: Oh yeah, this is he was so far ahead of his time. So
2: far ahead of his time. He's kissing Ahmed Johnson. He's very sexual with Ahmed Johnson, which angers Ahmed Johnson. There's a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of things at play. The audience is, I, 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 I love when people actually get freaked out. And it's crazy to think that a man called Goldust with gold face paint, a very straight dude from Texas, by the way, um, could truly make them feel this uncomfortable. Because the yeah. audience, much of the match, is just stunned. And it's it's great. It's, I, I just I thought it was a very fun match. So this yeah. is Ahmed Johnson versus Goldust 1996 King of
1: the ring he's beat and wait a minute a count of two and gold dust wow. released the hold i'm not sure why i don't understand the logic or the strategy behind that i don't either he okay. has a nasty streak about him does gold dust and it may get just a bit nastier here who knows what is gold dust doing now he's saying something to the official he said he needs mouth to mouth i think he's passed out he needs to give him mouth to mouth but he should pin him first and then Blow mouth to mouth into him. I'm at Judson. Come on. Come on. And hey, Mark theatrics. This is sick. <laughs> Good. There's no CPO. Oh, oh, Look out. Look out. He's gone insane. Johnson's exploded. And I can't say I blame him. Goldust Set up right. by Ahmaud Johnson. <laughs> Off the rope now. Oh, and down. Fine Buster from a big, bad Johnson. Marlene has going to be worried right now. Oh, man Johnson, here we're going to see it. The Pearl River Punch. Will we see it?
2: All right, everyone, there it was. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Kind of Fun. Uh, you can find our merch, lastpodcastmerch.com. Get your kind of fun shirt. I have one and I wear it all the time. It's very comfortable. And it is uh, very yeah, comfortable. thanks for supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. And is there anything else, Katie? Anything you want to do? Anything you want to say?
3: No. I think just enjoy your enjoy your week or weekend whenever you're listening to this.
2: Enjoy whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, unless it's public masturbation, in which case, stop that. Stop that. Yeah, don't do that. Stop don't, doing don't that. Don't
3: do that. Good Lord.
2: No, don't do that. What's wrong with you? Stop it. Stop that. Stop <laughs> that now. I'm, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon.
1: This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar.